winds howl, branches snap, thunder roars. Yellow grass bends and bows against the weight of conflict. Brewing and reckless, the storm batters against frail walls, threatening destruction, calling out defeat. Inside stirs a beam of light. Streaming forth, it holds the walls together. Beauty and truth roll together into a sleepy glow. Peace invading, bringing calm and silence. The Prince of Peace smothers the floorboards, the rafters, and paints with gentle singing, a lullaby of love. It drowns the wind's menacing howl. The earth ceases to cower in fear, for peace is here. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Those words are from a wonderful hymn that connects directly to the Christmas season and to our Before Christmas series, which has just been a journey through the Advent season, a, a time of hope and love and joy and peace. And there's just a handful of unopened days on Advent calendars right now because Christmas is soon upon us. And I'm glad that you've chosen to celebrate with us. I want to welcome all of you here at our Rock Island campus. also want to greet our family out at Bentendorf, our family at QC West, and those joining us online. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thanks for choosing to join us to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And if you're a guest with us, especially glad you're here. We love to gather to worship Jesus, but when it's around his birth and nearing the end of the Advent season, there's something special about that. In fact, Advent is really just a season of expectant waiting and preparation. Advent comes from the Latin word adventus, and it literally means coming. And it refers to that first coming of Jesus, that very first Christmas, but it also speaks to his second coming, his return. And it is a season, a time of waiting, of preparing, of expectancy. But it brings with it the four things that Jesus brings. Jesus brings hope and love and joy and peace. He brings those things. And the Advent season is a season of waiting in light of his return, his coming the first time, his coming again, and living in the reality of these four things even now. This is what the Advent season is. Now, I know that all of us at some level are waiting for something, waiting for something. It could be something good, something anticipated, something desired, like a, a particular gift this Christmas. Or maybe it's gathering together with family and friends or a holiday tradition or a special treat. And if that's the case, then there is this growing excitement within you as you anticipate those things. But I also know that not everybody is waiting for something fun and exciting this Christmas. For some, we're waiting for situations that are difficult to be resolved, circumstances to change, conflict to end, or help to arrive. And in those realities, they've put us in a bit of a stressful state and have led us to worry and anxiety and frustration. And we're at the point where we're just worn out and all, we just long for something different, something new. We long for a new level of hope and love and joy or peace. Because we know that the opposite of these things stinks. 
Amen? Look, we're all waiting, wanting, wishing, praying for something. Circumstance to change, something to end, something to arrive. And in that waiting for that change, we can struggle to maintain a sense of hope or expectancy. We're waiting for something to arrive or change, or sometimes it's something good, sometimes it's something fun, but other times it's maybe something challenging. And in those realities, we can struggle because we like the idea of having love or peace or joy, but we don't necessarily believe we can have it. But we long for that thing to change because we believe if that thing will arrive, that situation will change, then life will be better. We can actually have peace. We're all waiting and wanting something, something fun, something not so fun. But what if we're waiting for the wrong thing? What if we're waiting for something that can already be realized? Something we can already be living in light of? Take peace, for example. Peace is tossed about a lot this time of year. It's in our decorations, it's on our Christmas cards, it's on wrapping paper, and it's on those things called gift bags that I love so much. It's, it's something that we like, it's something that we desire, but, but when we try to embrace some level of peace, doubt, worry, conflict, fear can creep in and shut it down, and it can leave us thinking that true, lasting peace is not possible that it's just a dream. Yet Christmas, the coming of Jesus, tells a different story. It says that peace is possible, and it's available now, regardless of circumstances. You and I, no matter what we face, can have peace. Just consider the, the thing that the angels said that very first Christmas when they announced the coming of Jesus. It's in Luke chapter 2, maybe you remember this. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now that sounds awesome to me. Peace, favor of God, sign me up. It sounds great. But can we look at this as something more than a greeting? Something more than well-wishing? I mean, people the world over use peace as a greeting. Is peace something more than what is longed for, desired, or wished for? Is there a peace, a different peace that, that God imparts? Just as the angels said. We've all heard people say things like, rest in peace, be at peace, and keep the peace. I mean, we, in those moments, we're talking about peace as if it's something we can conjure, something we can establish, something that we can maintain, but it's really not. You see, true peace, a, a lasting peace, the, the peace of God is not acquired. It's not developed, it's not cultivated. It's not crafted, grown, or earned. It's received. True peace is not acquired. It's received. And it's possible. 
Yet we tend to talk about peace as if it's something we can create, something that we can maintain and, and we can establish some normal level of peace in our life. But every time we try to do that, we know from our own experience that, that stress and worry and conflict and sideways things in life creep in and they wreak havoc and, and just destroy our pursuit of peace. But that's not because peace is impossible, but rather because we don't really understand how true peace, lasting peace, the peace of God really works. We don't understand how we receive it and how we live in it, even though we really want it, and even though we may struggle with a lack of peace. True peace is not acquired, it's received. And it's something that's available regardless of your circumstances. And that's what I want to talk about today. In fact, the dictionary talks about peace and as national tranquility, tr tranquility, the absence of rage and havoc and war, the harmony of, of people together, safety and security. But the Bible talks about a different kind of peace. It's a peace that goes a little deeper. In fact, it's the same peace that the angels declared when they announced the birth of Jesus. The, the Greek word that is used in Scripture is irene. Irene, say that with me. Irene. And Irene peace is defined as this, the tranquil state of a soul assured of salvation through Christ, fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot, whatsoever that is. Irene peace. This is a peace that is outside of circumstances. It doesn't depend on what people do or don't do. In fact, through the course of our Before Christmas series, we've seen a similar reality as it relates to hope and love and joy. And if you've missed any of that, you can go to heritageqc.com and under the media tab, see what you missed. But today, we're talking about this Irene true peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. In fact, it was Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, who spoke and foretold the coming of Jesus, and he talked about it this way in the book of Isaiah. He said, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of what? Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus, whose birthday we celebrate, he brings peace. He commands peace. He offers peace. And he'll provide it to anybody who will receive it from him. Because peace is not developed or acquired, it is received. Yet we, we sometimes think that, that circumstances, that we can, if we can manipulate the circumstances, then we'll get the peace and have the peace that we want and need. It kind of reminds me of the story of a woman who was in the busyness of the Christmas shopping season. Man, she was at the mall. She was just having a heyday. But it was just so busy and so crazy, she misplaced her purse. Ladies, any of you ever been there before? Had to be terrifying. But fortunately for this woman, a very honest little boy found her purse and was able to return it to her. And when he did, she grabbed it and she did a quick inventory. And as she was looking through it, she noticed something odd. And she said, when I misplaced my purse, there was a $20 bill here. But now, there are 20 $1 bills. The little boy said, yes, ma'am, that's right. The last time I found a lady's purse, she didn't have change for a reward. <laughs> Listen, 
Sometimes we think we need to orchestrate circumstances to get what we want or what we deserve, what we need. But listen, when it comes to peace, peace is apart from circumstances. It is not subject to circumstances. No matter what you are facing, the Irene peace of God is something that is not d- dependent upon the realities or the shortcomings or the situations we find ourselves in. It is apart from the stuff of this world. And we can have peace regardless of our circumstances. That's why waiting for circumstances to change and looking at them as the source of our peace is futile. It's pointless. True peace is acquired. It's not, it's true peace is received. It's not acquired or developed. It's given. And just consider what Jesus said in an after-dinner meal with his disciples. He was talking with them, and he said this. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give you. In another translation, it's worded this way. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. True peace, lasting peace, the peace of God is a gift. It's received. Now you may say, okay, Sean, that's all well and good, but listen, I've got stuff going on in my life you don't understand. I got problems and challenges. I have relationship issues, financial issues. I'm struggling with a loss. I'm struggling with stress. How can that be? If Jesus imparts peace to me, how can that be in the midst of my trouble? How can peace reside and exist in the midst of my trouble? He answered that in verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift. I'm giving it to you. It is not subject to your circumstances. It is not dependent on your willpower. It is not, it is not dependent on anything about you except that you receive it. It is a gift. Something to be received. The peace of God is a gift. Now, I don't know about you, but I love gifts. I love presents. Man, I, I, I anticipate presents. I get excited about them. In fact, for years, more than once, I have been gotten up early in the morning, sneaked out of my room with a red flashlight so nobody would see that and it wouldn't damage my, my eyesight at night, my night visibility, to see how many presents, what presents showed up under the tree and in my stocking overnight. Just drove me to do that. Done that more than once. And then I go wake up my wife Beth and the boys to come see too. (laughs) Listen, we like to receive gifts. We want to receive presents. But there is a different type of presence. One that's not wrapped in paper or bow. It's not sealed in plastic. Or irritatingly indestructible tape. It's a gift. It's a, it's a present that brings a gift. It's a, the presence, and I'm talking about presence with a C-E, not presence with a T-S. It's the presence that brings the gift of peace. It's a totally different thing than what is wrapped up in paper. And many people think that peace is the absence of conflict or struggle or suffering, or challenge. But that's not true peace. Peace peace is, is the presence of God in the conflict, amidst the suffering, and in the middle of the trouble. See, here's an important truth 
an important reality, that peace is not in the absence of problems. Peace is not in the absence of problems. It's not found in the absence of conflict. It's not found in the absence of problems. It's in the presence of God. It's in the presence of God. It's not simply having no conflict. It's rather a deep certainty within any circumstance. And it's demonstrated and evidenced in trust. I want to show you a few things. In fact, the first few things are from 1971. And very few people have seen them. And you're in for a real treat. But here it is. This is a first a picture of me and my mom on my first Christmas. Oh, yeah. Work it out. Ah, uh, okay. Good. Yeah. All right. So me and my mom, I mean... Uh, the love of Christmas just radiated from my mom, all right? And she loved Christmas. In fact, the two people in my life who have most loved Christmas would be my mom and my wife. And this, these two pictures are me and my mom, my very first Christmas. This next picture is a picture a few decades later, uh, me and my mom around right before another Christmas season. And this was in the middle of her battle with ovarian cancer. But yet that whole season from Thanksgiving to New Year's for her was just a party time because she just loved that season and especially Christmas. And this next picture was taken shortly after Christmas last year. My mom battled ovarian cancer for 13 years. And in the midst of that journey, I witnessed within her an incredible tolerance for pain and a deep, quiet strength. But what was more significant than that is that she showed me what peace looks like, a deep, abiding peace apart from circumstances that rests in the presence of God. She showed me what that kind of peace looked like. All the way up until the point that just a few weeks after this picture, she died and went to be with her Savior. My friends, peace does not rest in the removal or the absence of trouble or trial. Peace is found in his presence in the midst of them. If it wasn't, then the ever-changing realities and circumstances of this world would always define our level of peace. And it wouldn't be the Prince of Peace who defines it. We would always be subject to the pushes and the, the realities of challenges in this life. And the deal is, we will always have hardship. <laughs> life is just filled with turmoil. But Jesus talked about the reality of peace even in the midst of that. He said at another point in talking to his disciples, he said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I don't know if you see what's most significant in that line right now, but let me point it out to you. When he says, I have told you these things so that in me, in him, in Jesus, you may have peace. Yeah, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be problems. There's going to be loss and sorrow. But in him, you may have peace that passes understanding, a peace that is received, not acquired. 
His peace is, is His presence, not the absence of problems. No matter what you face. You know, think about it this way. Christmas is a, a season to celebrate uh, hope and love and joy. Uh, it's Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, which allows us to look at life and, and live life differently. It allows us to live it with him, which allows us to live above and outside of circumstances. So we're going to talk about this subject in two weeks, but I want to just introduce it to you for a moment. There are actually four ways that you and I can look at what at things that happen in life. We can look at them as if they happen to us, we can also look at them as, a, as if they happen for us. We can also look at them as if they happen around us. And we can also look at them as if they happen with us. These are the four ways that we can look at any scenario and situation in life. And there's dangers within each of them. When it comes to looking only at life as if something, as things happen to us, then we start to play the role of victim. If we're only looking as if they happen for us, then we're the, in the role of consumer. If we only look as if it's happening around us, then we're bystander. And if we don't understand our role when it comes to with, we can step out of, the, out of line in that journey. We can look at things as, as if they happen to, for, around, or with. But when it comes to Christmas, God did not just send Jesus to do something to us, or just to do something for us, or even to do something around us. He sent Jesus to be with us. Emmanuel. His and by that, giving us his presence, which ultimately means we can have his peace. Peace is not the absence of problems, it's the presence of God. God can work in all four of those realities, and he does, but our understanding of them is important, our perspective is important. We're going to get back to them in two weeks. I invite you to be here for that. But this reality is important because there is a truth that there is no lasting peace apart from his presence. There is no true, lasting peace apart from his presence. That's why, that's why he came to be with. He could have rescued without coming. He could have imparted his power without being here. He, he could have offered and given life without standing amongst us. But he came to be with, to remain with. And he gives us his peace through his presence. And he had to, because there is no lasting peace apart from his presence. C.S. Lewis best said it this way. He said that God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. This is why with is so important. There is no lasting true peace apart from his presence. It is only found with him as we trust, which leads us to another reality that many of us miss or struggle with, and that's that peace is always first a matter of trust not circumstance. Peace is always first a matter of trust, not circumstance. Having his peace does not mean that we're in a place where there is no conflict, there's no noise, there's no trouble, there's no difficulty. No, the peace of God means that when we're in the midst of those things, we still have calm in our hearts and minds because we trust him as we walk with him. And Jesus says he will give us peace if we will accept it from him. Unlike the world that only wishes for peace, Jesus' peace is real and present. God's peace is not dependent upon circumstances. So what? What, what do we do with this conversation and these concepts about peace? How does it connect to life? And how do we actually really receive and live in it? Well, let me tell you, it comes down to four things. It comes down to receiving four things. 
Because the deal is, um, I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say, no God, no peace, no God, no peace. Ever heard that saying? I mean, maybe you think that's a, a little bit trite, but it's true, okay? The reality is that any circumstance in life, can, we can still have peace in that as long as we're with Him, not without Him. And so, to receive and live in that peace really involves receiving four things, just four things. And the first is to receive His power. To receive His power. This is what Isaiah said in another place. He said, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. When we step into trusting God, when we place our faith and hope in His Son, Jesus Christ, we receive His power that positions us to have new life. Surrendering to Jesus by trusting Him places us on that journey towards true peace. It starts first by receiving His power, but then it moves on to receive something else, and that is to receive His pardon. His pardon. Now, a pardon is release from offense. It's, it's forgiveness. And this is where you and I, we find forgiveness from our junk, our sins. See, without forgiveness, we will find a conflict within us that will just chew away at our peace because we, got, we have regret, we have shame as we understand our mistakes and we understand our sin. It'll just eat up peace in our life, the ability to have peace. We, we need his pardon. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 34, turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. In order to receive his pardon, we need to turn from the junk, turn from the sin, turn from our failures and seek through his power, his pardon, that allows us to live differently. And then that leads us, having first received his power by surrendering to Jesus, and second, receiving his pardon as we receive his forgiveness, then, then we step into receiving the gift of eternal life, and that happens when we receive his purpose. When we receive his purpose. There's a scripture that goes along with this. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Psalm 119. Look, when, when we submit ourselves to his purpose, when we receive the gift of eternal life, then, then we're positioned in a process with a purpose beyond us that does not allow the storms of life and the things that happen to push us and throw us around. We receive a purpose that allows us to remain steadfast and nothing causes us to stumble when we live according to his purpose, out of his power through his pardon. Now, having received his purpose, there's one final step in this journey, and that's where we actually receive his peace. We receive his peace. This is where we begin to walk with God, with God. In Philippians, Paul wrote these words. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. My friends, as we live in Christ Jesus, we can receive his power and his pardon and his purpose and then his peace. And that changes everything in life as we live in Christ Jesus. And I wonder what's undermining his peace in your life this Advent season. What's undercutting it? What's chewing away at it so that you're not resting in his peace? I mean, think about it this way. We can, we can step into these realities and understand that when we seek to submit ourselves to Jesus, when, when we seek first his, his power, we, that happens as we submit to him as Lord and Savior. And so he imparts his power to us. 
But then when that, in the next step of reality is we have to pursue his pardon. And we receive his pardon by what he has done for us. He died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. And so he's able to impart to us forgiveness because of what he did for us. But then the, from that reality, when we receive his purpose, well now, wherever we go, whatever we do in life, whatever situation we're in, everything around us becomes about him. We no longer live for ourselves. We live for him. And so he's able to bring glory to himself. Then as we continue in that journey, we actually, actually live with him with this peace that passes understanding that doesn't waver, that isn't pushed around by circumstances. And I wonder what's undermining your peace, his peace in your life this Advent season. Maybe it's the reality that, that you've never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior. You've never received his power. He's never been able to impart that to you because you've not submitted and surrendered to him. Perhaps it's the reality that you're struggling with something. You've got, you've got a sin issue, a habit, so that it's just chewing away in your life, and, and you need his pardon. You need forgiveness, and you need to step away from that thing. Maybe you've done those two things, but you're not, li not living according to his purpose. You're living on your own, doing your own thing, living your life your own way. And because you're not living in sequence to all these things, you don't know his peace. You haven't experienced his peace because you're not living in his presence. Look, he is, he is the prince of peace. And, and no matter what happens in life, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, he can bring peace. It actually happened in 1914, Christmas Eve, 1914. In the midst of World War I in Belgium, as soldiers on one side of the trench, on one side of the trench warfare area, they, they started to light some candles and, and prepare for Christmas and started to sing some Christmas songs. When they started to hear the same song in a different language from the enemy in the other trench. They continued to sing songs for a bit. They exchanged greetings back and forth across that no man's land to the killing field in the middle until they decided to move out into that middle killing field and to meet and exchange gifts. It's actually called the Christmas Truce. Happened Christmas Eve, December 1914, when the Prince of Peace brought a literal peace in the midst of a literal conflict, in the midst of war. You know, I, I don't know what you're facing, but whatever you are facing, the Prince of Peace is able to bring peace in it. There is nothing that can overcome his ability when he is with you to bring that peace that you need. His peace is the parting gift to you and I. So live it. Don't worry. Don't stress. Don't be afraid. Whatever you are facing, today. Don't be distraught. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is the only one who can give us steadfast peace in a world marked by turmoil. And there will never be any lasting peace in your life until the Prince of Peace reigns in your heart. True peace is just that quiet confidence that an all-powerful God is in control, and we have nothing to fear. Tragedy and heartache and sorrow will come in life, but Christ, the Prince of Peace, waits to sit upon the throne of your life and impart to you as a gift, peace. To give you his power, his pardon, his purpose in that peace. You know, this will be my first Christmas without my mom. And I think I would probably say it would be too soon, no matter when it was, that this would be the Christmas without her. But I distinctly remember sitting in the hospital room with her with the impending reality of her death looming um, the, 
knowing that the pain to come in the loss of the person who has loved me the most in this world, I mean, you know, mother's love is unique. Nothing compares to it. But in the midst of that moment, in the midst of that place, I experienced peace. It wasn't because I conjured it up. It wasn't willpower, and it certainly was not some kind of special pastoral strength that doesn't exist. It was the reality of his presence. I saw it in my mom, and he imparted it to me, saying, I am with you. And I want that peace for you this Christmas. In whatever you're facing, to know that he is with you and that changes everything. We will have trouble in this world, we'll experience difficulties, but a relationship with Jesus brings peace. The question is will we receive the gift he came to give? We're going to step into a moment of prayer and back into some worship. But I want to invite you to use those moments to have a conversation with God where you talk about the realities of his power and his pardon and his purpose and his peace in your life. I want to offer a prayer to facilitate that. In fact, I have a prayer that's really kind of my Christmas prayer for all of us. This is my prayer. It's from 2 Thessalonians. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with all of you. That's my prayer for you this Christmas. And as I step into a moment of prayer for all of us, I invite you to have that conversation with the one who is the Prince of Peace himself so that you can experience his power, his pardon, his purpose, and his peace this Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that even in a world marked by turmoil and trouble and hardship, ups and downs and highs and lows, good things and bad things, that you are faithful to love. You offer us hope and love and joy and peace. And it is through the Prince of Peace that no matter what we face, there can be a confidence in the midst of trouble. I pray, Father, that we would be a people who receive your power and your pardon and your purpose and live in your peace. And I pray for my brothers and sisters as they talk with you. I pray that they would know that peace beyond measure. I pray that they would process the, the, the pieces that they need to pull into place so they can experience all that you have for them. Because in the end, Lord, it is about your glory. We want to celebrate your son in this season, but I pray that we're able to do so as we live in, in the full reality of the peace that he brings. So as we continue in worship, as we step towards Christmas, God, may you be pleased and glorified. May we honor your son, and may we live in the reality of the peace that he brings. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.